Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Dial-Up Movie Club. I'm your host Matthew and with me this week as always we got Drew. Drew how you doing this week? Oh I'm doing real good. It's my birthday today. I'm excited. Yeah, happy birthday. Hey, happy Thank birthday. you. Excited to have a uh, recording on my birthday. Good times and uh, especially this movie. This movie was a treat. Um, but yeah, I hung out with the boys this week, you know, had a party. That was good fun. Uh, Matt got me a sweet ghost face shirt. Uh, Caleb got me a Batman beyond complete series. Uh, I don't know. Box set. DVD DVD set. Um, Dean got me some chocolate. Yeah. It's good chocolate. It's very good chocolate. <laughs> and uh also went out to Hibachi this week for my birthday. That was so damn good. So damn Today? No. Uh was, sorry, uh, uh, you're being fined Thursday. one credit for violating the verbal oh, morality uh, statute. Oh my bad. Uh it was so dang good. Darn. I don't know if that that's borderline. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I was treading the waters there for a second. Yeah, that might be borderline. Right. Nice, nice. Well, speaking of uh, morality, we got Dean. Dean, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Matt and Drew. Happy birthday, Drew. Oh, Gotta say it again. There you go. Um, I had a fun weekend, like Drew said. We went to his uh, theater room for a little birthday party. I got him some good chocolates, very good, good chocolate, not for the kids. Um, because no, it's so good, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> They'll eat You're it all. Saying this want, chocolate, so. this chocolate should be kept on the highest shelf yeah, of your home, top shelf okay. chocolate. Okay, and, gotcha. Um, Organic. we got. We got Hogwarts Legacy for Tori mainly. Oh! She's she's playing that today. She's probably going to play after we're done recording. Um, I did something else. What did I do yesterday? What was my yesterday? I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> I, I've All forgotten right. my yesterday. You were sending it, me disturbing images at like 3 a.m. saying, yeah. are you up and stuff? What was that? <laughs> I was just awake late, and I was like, man, I wonder if anybody else is awake. I don't think anybody said anything. I did. You did? I feel like a couple people answered you. I was was sleeping. Tori was um, in the Beat Saber. We've had Beat Saber this whole time, but then she played at Drew's, and now she loves Beat Saber, and she's playing it here. (laughs) um, So we were playing that uh... late. Next time she comes back for a party, she's going to be a pro. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it hit one or two, and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm ready for bed. But Tori was beat savoring it. So I was up till like three to four just watching her beat saver so I could show her how to turn it off when it was done. And I was so tired. I think by the time she was done, I was like, just exit VR, and I went to bed. <laughs> I could not be with that headset on for hours I know. like that. I would oh, puke. I, I say to take a break every now and then because I yeah. think it even says that in the instructions to like after so much, you just take it off, look around a little bit, let yeah. yourself know yeah. you're not in the game world. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. I had a good week. I missed uh, the Spaceballs episode. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but I heard you added movie, your own bit, though. I, I added my own bit. I that's had to illegal. get some word in. I don't think that's illegal. Like, I can't do are that. People gonna, 
Are people gonna be sad that I talked about the movie on the movie review show? I mean, if you ream on it, that might hurt my feelings. <laughs> Do you want me to ream on it now with you instead, and you can then listen to me reaming no, on it again fine. later? No, it's fine. I'll just hear it later. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> yes, baseball's no bueno, but uh, I, I was gone last week. Sorry I missed it, everyone, uh, but happy birthday, Drew. Uh, uh, so... I want a quick shout out. <coughs> Sorry. Bless you. I want to. <laughs> thanks. I want a quick shout out. Three movies I watch. Batman Begins. Good movie. Uh, holds up. I, I used to be a Batman Begins hater, but it, it's good now. It's, it's good. good now. It's good. Is that the um, the one with the head he can't turn? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like all Batman movies, but. I thought yeah. they changed it so he can turn his head. I mean, in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did. Okay. Uh, I watched Nobody. Saul Goodman beats up a bunch of people. Uh, it's great. Give oh. it a watch. It's fun. Uh, and I watched the new Ant-Man, which uh, is good. It's great. No, it's not great. Sorry. I didn't know why I said that. It's good, though. <laughs> it's good. All right. Uh, us Modoc fans. Yeah. Modoc gets his time to shine, and he's great. Oh, he's good. Uh, <laughs> that was that movie? <laughs> I don't yeah, like man. how they oh, designed I him. I, I don't get know. why you don't like it, because that's Modoc. It looks like Modoc, I think, what I see. <laughs> I mean, I think it looks like him, but I don't like how his face just looks green screened in there. That doesn't look that's right. That like, it doesn't I mean, look I don't know how else you're going to do it. <laughs> just Better make his that. face wide. <laughs> that's pretty much what they do. He what looks if they goofy. Did practical effects Modoc, like it was a Jabba. <laughs> I'm yeah. picturing, you know, um, the Amazing World of Gumball, where it, one of the characters is like a guy upside down with like googly eyes oh, on the yeah, chin. Oh yeah, I remember him. But oh, they yeah. just they kind of do that, but they have like an actual <laughs> like chair built around a guy's head. Yeah, and they just zoom in on him the whole time. I, I think that could work. That. That'd be great. But yeah, I saw those three movies, and uh, they're they're all good uh, at least. Some of them are better than others. But yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so, <laughs> but we're here this week to uh, wrap up Sci-Fi Month, uh, which uh, has been a great month so far. And I think we're going to end it with a bang because we got a banger of a guest coming to us from shows like The Who Would Win Show, Knowing Is Half the Podcast. We got the creator of uh, Vampire the Masquerade Reclaim Detroit audio drama. We have someone who's worked on, I mean, some little, I mean, some indie titles, you know, Call of Duty, Apex Legends, oh, League yeah. of Legends. I mean, if you've heard of those. We have I mean, Batman yeah. in Justice League Mortal. We have Ray Stacanus. Ray, how are you doing this week? What's going on, everybody? We're having a beautiful time. Things are good with me. You know, we're in the process of writing the new season of Reclaim Detroit. It's going so slow, I cannot absolutely believe it. Uh, I'm still working on episode uh, six, to be honest with you. I still have to put that script together because I started writing it. I got about three quarters of the way through and I realized I hated it and it was terrible. And if I was to release this episode as written, y'all would put me in a sack and throw me in the ocean. <laughs> Damn. Dang. It was you that bad, everybody. Aggressive man. That bad, huh? It's it about revisions. Rough. 
it was pretty rough. So yeah, we're we're re- I well. I'm I'm keeping what I have written, but I'm just going to finish this episode. Then you know the writing process. Then you go back and then you go over it again and say, hate this, cut, cut, change, cut, change, and you just keep going over it with like a, a like you know have you ever cleaned out a cat box? Yeah. You just go over it with that little scooper thing, and then you pull out the poop, but you let the good parts Ooh. stay in the box. What's the good parts? Oh, okay, um, I see. The, <laughs> I see. The, the litter. Yeah. The, 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 usable, the usable stuff that isn't covered in poo-poo. I see. Yeah. I see. The usables. Yeah. Not so that's a, that's sort of where uh, my writing process is at. And I have every single episode. There's going to be 13 total episodes, including the five that are already out. Uh, they're already outlined. Like I already know what's going to happen. It's just a matter of putting it down on paper now and then making it, you know, magical. Um, but uh, uh, so right now, I don't know. I guess we're going to be shooting for getting these episodes out over the summer. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have a set timeline. I just want to make sure it's right by the time it comes out because um, a very famous game uh, creator whose name I, I don't remember, so he can't be that famous, I guess. But he once <laughs> said, you know, a delayed game is good whenever, but a bad game that comes out is bad forever. Or something that's like true. that. So yeah. that's, I could put out a bad version, but I'd rather put out a good version yeah. and make people wait for it. Exactly. That, that that's, is absolutely. that's the better way to go. That's how I felt every single time someone asked me for a release date on Mortal. I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, don't ask me. It's, out, it's ready when I'm good with it. It's that's, ready when it's ready. You know? And thankfully you had a lot of that. Uh, you just had to adapt the screenplay, you know, which obviously yeah. still took yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you didn't have to come up with fresh new ideas off the top of your head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which, exactly. Is, which is just pain. It's a world of pain. I don't know why I chose to do this. <laughs> yeah, you're at an exciting part in the process right now where you have the whole idea outlined. Yes. Now it's like you can really get hit the ground running here. You get the idea and you're like, oh, this is going to be so good. And then you yep. start doing it and you're like, oh, this, oh I've this already is this is the crazy thing. And yeah, in episode six, I've already completely changed the entire theme of the episode. What was originally oh, wow. supposed to happen? I wrote a bunch of stuff around that idea. And then I realized once I'd written it all that the original idea doesn't fit anymore. I've actually rewritten it all. I wrote the original idea of what happens, the through line, the skeleton of episode six. Then I fleshed it out by writing all this stuff around it. And by the time I got to the end of that, I realized that skeleton wasn't necessary anymore. And I had to rip it out like sub-zero. <laughs> like, this is just how writing works. It's stupid. It's, it's a process. It, it is a grueling process. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, uh, I got to go back in and up? just take out all references to it now because it doesn't even make sense. So He's bad. doing what Matt says you it's should affecting do. the rest. It, weren't you saying you need another revision on the script? Every time. Yeah. Every time. I mean, some scripts need another draft. No, I, I mean, wish I did. I, I wish I had taken one more pass at each of my vampire scripts because I was actually listening to it again the other day just to like, you know, re-inspire and stuff. And I've heard lines in there, and I'm like, what a poorly written line that was. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. It's already aged. Oh, no. I just, like, why would I reuse the same word in two sentences in a row? Oh, what kind I've of hack that. does that? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Nah, nah, nothing nothing about the blackmail line, though. That's my that's my that's one of my favorite lines ever written. I'm glad you like uh, it. It's my favorite, and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. Um, you know, I play the character you're referring to um, with a modulated voice-on version of myself there. You know, mm. that's the funny thing. I was talking with Delvin Cox, you know, friend of all our shows, and uh, not friend to me personally, but friend of the shows. 
And, oh, we love Delvin. Uh, he knows We're what he did. We're all friends. We're all friends. Um, but he says to me, uh, he says, uh, uh, I was doing promos for Reclaim Detroit, and I was on the Delvin Cox show. And he's like, well, you didn't even do the thing where you cast yourself as, like, the main character. And I'm just like, well, I mean, I'm in every episode doing a different voice. Yeah. And I'm one of the main characters. But don't worry about that, Delvin. He didn't realize I played the character I did in episode one <laughs> because it was so heavily. It was such a heavy voice for me to do. And it was super modulated. Uh, uh, playing the role of Lenora, the uh, Nosferatu primogen in the sewers, talking to the main character, Alexander. He did not know that was me. And I was like, well, then good job me, I guess. Yeah. You know? yeah. I remember we were shocked at your Batman when we heard it during yeah, the auditions. Your, your yeah. Batman voice, it just cut through the other auditions there. It was uh, great. So good to hear. What's so funny is, and I'm going to tell you guys this, when I, when, I, uh, when I auditioned for the roles, and I'm like, man, I just want to land something in here, do something fun. I, honest to God, walked in the door being like, well, obviously I'm going to play Maxwell Lord. That seems obvious. No. That's right in my wheelhouse. That's a character that's right there. I'm going to record a couple of these other ones just to give them something to work with, yeah. including Batman, which I'm like, I have a Batman voice. We'll just, I'll give it to him, you know. So I was shocked when it came through and I was cast as Batman as the only character. And I was like, I mean, that's bleeping amazing, of course. <laughs> I'm just surprised to see it. Uh, wow, that's a lot of pressure. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it it's funny because I've said this before, but what I like about the mortal cast is everyone sounds like the character without sounding like they're doing an impression because I didn't want, right. cause a lot of, I'm not throwing shade at any other auditions, but I didn't want someone just trying to do like a Kevin Conroy or uh God forbid oh, a Christian yeah. Bale impression. But but what no. what your Batman is, it's instantaneously you hear it, it's Batman. But right, it's yeah. it's not sounded like you're trying to sound like it's anyone your own Batman, else. but it was I was done. trying yeah, to sound like me own. as Batman. That's what I was trying to sound like. Exactly. You know? That was it. That's what exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and it does have one of my favorite lines I've ever said, and I howled with laughter because I forgot. Like honestly, I kind of have a a, a VO thing where I just record it and then forget it. Like, uh, uh -huh. pretty much immediately, oh, yeah. you know, I, I do the work, I read the script, I go through it, I, you know, do the thing. And then as soon as I record it and send it out, like, I just move on to the next thing. So I pretty yeah. much had forgotten most of what I'd said in episode one. <laughs> so as I was listening to it, and, and I said as Bruce Wayne, and I say the line, I don't eat food with names, Max. <laughs> I laughed, I laughed out loud. I was like, what an amazing, Max. what an amazing line. That's great. Good job, me. And then I high five uh, myself in the car. That. You know. It's great. It, I love that line. I love the delivery too. I, I love that line. Yeah, I was names, very I, Max. I, was, I love the line, and I was happy with what I did with it, which makes me a narcissist. But that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I think I remember reading that line for the first time and thinking, "What does that mean? Do, yeah. Is there a food that doesn't have a name? <laughs> no, you know what? It is? He eats a hamburger. He doesn't eat a yeah, a, a bonzo not a burger. crypto. Yeah, the crypto, crypto burger, yeah. burger platter. No, that's weird. <laughs> Billionaires don't uh, don't eat food with names. They don't eat foods with names. <laughs> he'll, have Max. A, he'll have a petite filet mignon. He's not going to have the shark burger. You know, it's just not a <laughs> shark. It's not a thing. You know, yeah, he's missing out. Shark burgers are great. I'm sure, uh, I mean, they are delicious. Don't get me wrong. And, and I, I got to ask you, Ray, because yeah. uh, when you uh, first announced Vampire Detroit mm -hmm. and. Uh, I I was like I I had no idea what this was Vampire the Masquerade Reclaimed Detroit I didn't know anything about anything uh, but I listened to it 
and I was hooked. And I, I got to ask, like, what is your connection with, like, Vampire? And, like, how did you get all into it? Uh, I was into it in high school. Like, uh, we did a lot. I've, all my life, I've been a huge role-playing gamer. So I played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons. We oh, played man. all kinds of weird ones. We played Paranoia, uh, Steve Jackson's Tune, the cartoon role-playing game. Uh, oh, we wow. played Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade. I'm sure I'm forgetting some GURPS. Uh, Robotech, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes Unlimited. We played like all the ga- all the role playing games, and so Vampire was one of my favorites because I'm I'm a, a goth kid at heart, and uh, it touches <laughs> it, it touches on those uh, those themes, and uh, uh, so the actual story of Reclaim Detroit is actually completely based on an actual role playing game from over twenty years ago that I ran oh, wow. for a bunch of my friends, and so I've oh. like only two percent of it made it. Uh, I would say the character of DJ Maximus Stylus is as close to the original character as is actually there. Uh, he is a, that was, that was, I tried to keep him intact because I love that character. Uh, Michael mm-hmm. Price is pretty close to the underworld. He's, he's very, very different. Like I kept, the, I kept the seed and then replanted the garden. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah. I, 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 yep. I changed a lot of backstory. I changed a lot of character stuff. You know, Michael Price in the, in the uh, uh, Reclaim Detroit has missing a foot. And you don't even know why he just is. He's a he's a uh, uh, you know uh, uh, what do you call it a handicapped vampire. You know you don't get to see that very often. You know, and he tries to live his yeah. life as if he's not. But at the end of the day, that you know hurts his status in the vampire world uh, mm. for whatever reason. The actual character was an underworld Ventru uh, crime boss, but his name was Max Power after the Simpsons reference. Um, <laughs> oh, really? I was going to say that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, Max Power, the Simpsons reference, and he did not. He had no, you know, uh, 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 disability whatsoever. But I thought it made it was actually an eleventh hour change to add that disability to the character because I wanted okay. there to be just more to him. Um, and so, Gosh. yeah, and so, but yeah, all the other characters. I mean, I think that the original Tori was originally a man, was originally a guy. Uh, but and I think maybe he played the violin or liked people who played the violin. He was definitely not from the old west, you know. So it's mm-hmm. just like the core is there. All five of the clans of the original players were represented. There was there there was a gangrel. He was nothing like Alexander at all, you know. That's just yeah. how it went. Um, and then the Tremere. There was a Tremere. Uh, nothing like Aurora. Nothing like that setup. Uh, but it was kind of a a, a POS when they wanted to be. That that stayed intact, you know. But yeah, so a lot of the the characters, the story, um, it's basically, it's following the same storyline as this role-playing game that I ran for like a couple of years back in the early 2000s. (laughs) And uh, and yeah, and so I kept the soul of the game and then just rewrote it to make a better narrative. Nice. That's really cool. That's really cool adapting that. Yeah, I tried to write it for people who know nothing about vampires so that people who are into it will get it. They'll they'll know the concepts walking in the door. But for those that don't, I'd like to believe I wrote it in a way that introduces them to the concepts in a way okay. that they can easily identify with without and then allows them if they want to on their own deep dive into this world if they'd like to uh, and yep. learn more as they want to, but you don't have to to enjoy what's going on. It should be pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, that's gotcha. a good idea to have it so you can get involved if you weren't too familiar with the concept. That's it. Like if I like it is it, it is a vampire the masquerade story, but that is limiting. But if it's you just say it's a vampire story, well then everybody can kind of get into it and then let these other pieces of this world fill in as they need to, 
and, and fill in in a way that will be understandable to people who have never seen this before. Uh, can you get behind the idea that there are different clans of vampires that do different things uh, uh, that have a certain type to them, but also against type to them, but they share a similar mm-hmm. power set, right? But yeah. and have political structures inside that. Sure, we can all get behind that without knowing what a what a Nosferatu is, you know, without without knowing what a Tremere is, you know. You can pick that up as we go. I'll explain that as we do the thing. Hey, club members, it's Matthew. Now, as many of you know, I'm getting married next year, and I want to fit into a tux and most of all look good in it for those photos. So I've been having to prioritize my own health a lot more, eating healthier, getting rid of sodas, and walking more. And one of the biggest helps for me has been Liquid IV. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and the Hydration Multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. I love how it makes me feel after a workout. This stuff refreshes you. I love All the flavors, but let me tell you two of my favorites. One, the new strawberry lemonade flavor. Fantastic. And if I'm feeling a little more classic, I go with the pina colada. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. There are 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting, which contain five essential vitamins. B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code DIALUP at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DIALUP at liquidiv.com. Gotcha. You know, nice, it's nice. I'm always more interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm more interested in the politics. I'm more interested in the struggle between the different classes, between the different you know groups of people, because these uh, clans are always at war with each other. But it's always like under the surface. It very rarely bubbles up into violence. Uh, and then when it does, it's super, super extreme violence. Right? You heard that in like even episode one, where yeah, yeah. Uh, they're taking pot shots at the zoo animals in the in the alexander's domain and he goes up there and he kicks the shit out of dean you know it's just what happens (laughs) (laughs) man i'm jealous of some of your characters dude (laughs) it's great no i'll tell you it took a lot of work i started writing it i decided i was going to do it i started writing it around thanksgiving of 2021 and then it came out in august of 2022 i finished the scripts about may of 2022 so that'll tell you the okay. timeline. It's going to be about six months to write it. And then an additional, what is that? Uh, three, four months to produce it. Gotcha. Nice. Nice. 
Yeah, I, that just made me think of like, could you, uh, Dean and Drew, could you imagine if we uh, wrote out our Marvel <laughs> role-playing game? Oh, oh that was our role-playing game? Got like uh, Green That'd Goblin trying kid. to get laid. And Bro, that would be a <laughs> Iron Man targeting balls. Couch boys. Yeah, yeah, there's... yeah no, I, I don't think that we're, I'm 90% sure we're playing the game wrong. Uh, <laughs> there's yeah. an audience there somewhere, though. I can hear it. I yeah, think some yeah. people would get a kick out of Sandman being a couch for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah Sandy probably. Couch. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but uh Ray, you brought us a movie this week. I did. You brought us to round out sci-fi month. You brought us Demolition Man. I can't believe you guys have not done Demolition Man before. This is such an obvious movie for this particular show <laughs> to be a part of, right? Yeah. Uh, and so wait, yep. so wait. So you guys had any of you seen this movie or even heard of this movie before I brought it up? No. I, think I, heard I had of it heard of it. Nothing. So none of you had seen it, but see, this is very, see, this is very no. exciting to me because I'm an old and you guys are youngs, which means yeah. that uh, you guys are going to have a different perspective on it than I am. Now I saw it originally, you know, when it came out and it came out in what, 93. Yeah. So, 93, you know, yeah. I was, you know, uh, around your guys' age, a bit younger, but I was around your guys' age when it came out. So holy crap. But, but anyway, um, so I'm very interested, uh, because I watched it again last night and I have a lot of opinions, uh, and, and, and thoughts on it, but I really am interested in what you guys have to say about it because you'd be coming at it from a very different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let's, well, I would say let's get right into our IMDb game, but once again, we have a cheater in the house, what? Mr. Drew Barker, oh, no. peeking at the IMDb game. And I had already looked too, cause I was planning on hosting it. So uh, we're going to go right to our uh, Rotten Tomatoes tiebreaker, uh, all right, all which right. uh, for those at home, Rotten Tomatoes is a website where critics will go and rate a movie on scale one to two. One being they hated it, two being they loved it. And it takes a percentage of the critics that loved it, percentage hated it, and gets you a nice number between 100 uh, and 0%. Uh, Dean, Drew, and Ray will then guess, and whoever is closest gets to give their initial and final thoughts first. Uh, Drew won last week, so Drew, you get to go first. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people that don't really think this is a great movie but i feel like a lot of people like this movie so uh, uh this is tricky i'm gonna go maybe like a 65 oh, all right yeah, all right rotten tomatoes dean um rotten tomatoes this is uh is this critics this is critics okay I might. I think the critics may dig their excitement and Stallone, so I'm gonna I'll go with a 72. All right, Ray. I think I may have actually seen the Rotten Tomatoes number. Uh, when oh I, my! Well, God. I, I don't remember it, so I'm gonna say what I think I remember right, it was right. because I did. All I right. did purchase this on the Movies Anywhere app because I'm like, yes, I would like to watch this forever. Uh, and so I believe that they had the Rotten Tomatoes number like right there, like where you buy it. And I think that number was 63. All right. Well, well we guess? have a winner. Mine was what 65. Was okay. No. All right. Well, we have a winner off by 1%. Oh. 
We have Mr. Race to Canis coming in with 63. It is a 62. 62. There you go. All right. All right. I did cheat, though. No, I give, yeah, I give Drew the win here because I did, because I saw the number like flash in front of me. Like, but you can see here, I saw the number. I still didn't get it right. Uh, I did see the number a bunch of times. Drew also impressively close, though. We'll give Ray the point, but moving on for our. Will count because Ray's not going to be in the next episode. That's I right. I think. At strike one. <laughs> oh, man. Well, why can't Ray be in the next episode? He's always he welcome. Can, I mean, yeah, if he yeah. wants. If he wanted. <laughs> I got more movies. He's, got more he's movies. replacing you, I don't Dean. think we, any of us want to be on We've next been meaning month. to tell you this. No, this happens so often. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, we sign on guests and we beg them, like, take <laughs> Dean's take place, Dean's but place. they don't, no. they never take the bait. I, I don't know what's going on with that. because they but, realize uh, uh, how good Dean is. This is how my essential yeah, he is. He's, yeah, we wouldn't be the same without Dean. No. <laughs> uh, Ray, you won the IMDb game, so you get to give your initial thoughts Rotten on Tomatoes. Devilition Man. Or, sorry, you won the Rotten Tomatoes game. Oh. Uh, so you get to give <laughs> your initial thoughts on uh, Demolition Man first, how well, you came to see it, yeah, uh, and how you like it. Yeah, look, Demolition Man was one of my favorite movies of the 1990s. Uh, I'm a big fan, a uh, sucker for big, uh, high-level action movies. I also am a f- big fan of movies that have something to say, right? I came on last time when we talked about RoboCop, which fits both of those categories to a T. Uh, and I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, go, looking back on it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of actors in this movie that I forgot were just plain old forgot were in this movie. Um, and I couldn't remember every single beat as it went because I, even though I'd seen it a bunch of times, I had not seen it maybe in a long time, at least a decade plus for sure. Um, but you know, you got Stallone who is probably the intellectual action hero. Uh, and at the time when this came out in 93, we were all thinking to ourselves, this is old Stallone. Little did we know. I look back now and I'm like, he still looks fantastic. This is towards the end of his prime Stallone is what we ended up deciding. Uh, now he's old Stallone in the uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, right? Like that, we yep. can officially call him old Stallone now. But back then, we thought he was old. Back then, he definitely is not old. Back then, he's looking really, really good. Uh, this is the movie that introduced us to Sandra Bullock. Uh, you know, who, by the way, still famous today. I could point out right now. This was really the movie where all of us were just like, "Who is this young lady? She's delightful. She should be in more things." And then soon after was in Speed, Miss Congeniality, oh, okay. and then wow, the Blind Side really put her on a whole other level. Um, but all all kind all kinds of fun stuff. Look, this is a movie, and and this is a thing that I don't think it's seen very much. Uh, this is a movie that is, is written from what I believe to be a right wing perspective, uh, which you know normally if you look at like the right wing perspective of today, you get the stuff that's found on the Daily Wire channel with Gina Carino. And God's not dead part four. He's still not dead. We swear. And <laughs> still not dead. Right wing cinema today is kind of a joke, right? I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to yeah. offend people by saying that, but I, even I if no you idea. like it, you have to understand it's on the level of those Hallmark classics, right? right. And yeah, you're seeing yeah. it because you're seeing it for the opinions, not for anything else. Right. And then that's just the reality. But demolition man, comes from an era of you know with 1993 this is oh my god 30 years ago this movie wow this movie comes (laughs) from a a a world where 
Gosh, what's the best way to explain it? There wasn't as cut and dry left and right wing. We weren't as polarized as we were today. People knew how to still kind of work together uh, uh, for a little while longer. And, you know, till about 2000, 2001, that kind of shifted in our country. And, and a lot of younger people wouldn't know this. They all used to like have dinner together and hang out no matter who you, what team you were on, right? Man, you all I still... wish. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. This was... If you don't agree with everything I say, you're not welcome in my house. Yeah. That's it... no. You know what? Come you know, on. it's almost like the internet coming along changed some things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we can do a whole other <laughs> podcast on that. that. But, you know. but, you know, the, the, the guy who wrote this movie. Uh, uh, whose name I had written down, but of course do not see it in front of me in my notes right here. But but I looked him up because I'm just like, this is interesting. I was looking in like, I don't remember if this is a left wing or a right wing movie, right? Or it comes with a certain political skew. Watching it, I'm like, oh, this is very clearly uh, from a, a center right kind of perspective. Um, and I looked at what else this guy worked on. He worked on like, four, he was one of the executive producers on 24, another right wing <laughs> television show, right? Like that's just, uh, I don't no. recognize that one. Yeah, so he you was one of the show? guys behind 24. Uh, that's uh, with, cool. With Jack Bauer, Torture is Good, actually. You know, uh, you know, it's it's a right-wing <laughs> show. Uh, and yeah. so there were a lot of opinions in the world that he's created here, does a lot of kind of poking fun at, like, socialism, lefties, and that kind of stuff. And I'm sure we'll get into it as we talk about it. But it's really interesting to see a movie from that perspective that isn't trying very, very hard to beat you over the head with that perspective. It's so obvious kind of when you see it. But it's not to the point of being annoying, like, for example, anything with Gina Carino in it after the year 2022, <laughs> you know, like that's just where we're at as, as a people. So I would say right now, as a time capsule, it's wonderful. Uh, as a send up of action movies, it's very much right there with Last Action Hero as like kind of making fun of the genre of action movies at the same time as being one itself. Uh, and, and and so there, there's a lot of really great things to enjoy in it. And you also get, oh, I forget that. Early Dennis Leary doing his stand-up comedy character. This was again he in 1991. Dennis Leary released No Cure for Cancer, which is a wonderful stand-up comedy special. If you haven't heard it, he invented this character of the angry, chain-smoking, uh, leather jacket-wearing American, uh, <laughs> which is based on real, you know, real stuff. Uh, kind of ripped off Bill Hicks, uh, the very famous comedian, in very many places. Did very similar material but did so with a little bit more of an angry kind of bend to it. Not that Bill Hicks wasn't angry. Anyway, uh, he got real, real famous for this. And this, and he, he, he parlayed that into a film career, just like Dane Cook tried to do. But Dennis Leary took better roles that were better suited for him, uh, not necessarily being the leading man, but being the right characters for himself. And now he's a critically acclaimed, you know, well-known, known for acting. He's not known for stand-up comedy anymore. This movie was, I believe, his first foray, uh, this and The Ref. Those were the two big movies where Dennis Leary played his stand-up character in this role. So just absolutely wonderful time capsule. I remembered he was in it, but forgot that he's just his no cure for cancer Dennis Leary character <laughs> and not firefighter in Boston character that he plays now, right? That's his kind of deal now. Um, yeah. So anyway, I yeah. want to hear what you guys have to say. That's just my opening volley into what this movie is, what it's all about. And, and we'll get into more of it in just a little bit. Nice. Nice. Uh, Drew, your initial thoughts on Demolition Man. Uh, my initial thoughts are going to be pretty short. I never heard of this movie. Uh, never seen it. Um, but yeah, I mean, what can I say? This movie changed me. I love uh, this comes across very very much as a cornball cheesiness movie nowadays 
and I'm all about that. This is this has a special place in my heart now. I'll say that for now. Nice, nice, Excellent. Dean. Your initial thoughts on Demolition Man? Well, to continue off what Drew said, yeah, it is kind of like I think we mentioned before. You know, comedy, no matter what it is, it just seems to so far it just seems to age no matter what. Like anything funny ten years ago may not be as funny today, but it doesn't mean it's not funny. It just might not make you laugh out loud nowadays. Um, but I mean, I can see the humor in it. It's got its funny bits. It's just it could be a little corny. It's got its age to it. It's got Stallone. I can't see, argue with Stallone. I I took it as it wasn't supposed to be funny. And there was a lot oh. of moments that I was finding funny. Uh, yeah, oh. I'm surprised that you're calling this a comedy. I don't yeah. think this I is a comedy. That, I, you know I what? Thought... I, I see this as an irreverent action movie. It is very, very funny. It yeah. is. I don't. It is not a comedy, but it is very, very funny. When you've got uh, MTV's uh, MTV Sports's Dan Cortez at a futuristic Taco Bell playing piano and singing like the Oscar Mayer uh, uh, commercial theme song uh, as a lounge singer, you have to understand that's the world we put ourselves in. It's an irreverent, silly world, yeah. um, but it's not a comedy per se. It is definitely a, at its core an action movie. Yeah, it feels like they're going for a joke there. I mean, definitely. It's got to be funny, the whole the whole swearing thing. Where you it's get fired, oh, yeah. swear that's humorous to it. It's got its yeah. moments. This the three seashells. That's a that's a bit oh, that I like. I like the three <laughs> seashells. Um, but yeah, when I first heard the name, though, I know I heard the name Demolition Man before, but I didn't know what to think of it. I didn't know anything about it. So I said before we start recording that I first thought this was like the dude who's like the dummy dude who sits in the car when they do a car accident test. That's the Demolition Man. But no, I, obviously that's not what we're talking about here. Um, but I would say I was I was looking forward to watching it because it was action movie, early nineties. You know, I'm I'm all for it. That's close to my eighties. I seem to like my eighties. So, yeah, nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, my initial thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, I had heard of this movie. I'd always wanted to see it. Just it was just sitting on my list for a while. So I'm glad you picked it, Ray, because uh, it finally uh, made me buck up and uh, actually watch it. So yeah, I, I liked it. A like I don't know. Going into it, I was like, uh, is this gonna be just kind of cheesy action movie? But I think what really carries this movie is the uh, well mainly Wesley Snipes for me who I feel like they just threw cocaine at him and said yeah. go off yeah and, and he did uh, he's my favorite part he's of like it. a coked uh, up version of the Joker mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically yeah they asked Wesley but, Snipes could you play Jack Nicholson's Joker from Batman 1989 but crazier and he's like I can do that I can absolutely do that let's go it. a little more sadistic perhaps yeah. yeah, like I mean, I love a villain that's just pure evil for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, me too, me too. He's having fun. He's having fun Yeah, yeah he's having moment. fun with it. And you're having exactly. fun with him. That's the yeah. part. Like, he's doing yeah. horrible things, and you are cheering for him about 90% of the way through the movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and, and Ray, I noticed something. I, I was driving today, I was alone with my thoughts, and I thought, man, Ray really brought 
two movies futuristic cop with mind <laughs> alterations including uh not being able to shoot the creator i was also uh, thinking about that <laughs> yeah lots of similarities you're right it didn't as i was watching it i'm like yo this basically is trying to be robocop uh in many <laughs> yeah. ways and you could all you know again you could argue robocop coming from a slightly center right uh perspective uh in how it approaches things now i don't i think robocop is is a lefty movie at the end of the day um presenting as a as a center right movie but this is most definitely a center right movie just because it based it, it, detroit in robocop is this you know a uh, really urban blight hellscape of decay and just terrible people whereas in demolition man they flip the script on its head it starts in you know los angeles and we see that it's just burned out the pilot of the uh, of the helicopter literally turns and says, "Can you believe? Only a few years ago, they were allowing commercial flights to land here. Los Angeles yeah. is gone. It is post-apocalyptic at this point. We cut to what is it like? Thirty years later, after the cryostasis thing happens, it is a literal utopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a left-wing <laughs> utopia where everything that is bad for you is now illegal and therefore not done. So there is no flavor in the food. Everywhere is Taco Bell." Uh, uh, you know, you're not allowed to swear. You're not allowed to touch each other. You're not allowed to be violent in any circumstances. All contact sports have been eliminated, right? They said that too. And the now we've got the shells. Like children's music. Yeah, all the music. There's all the music is turned bland into. What's crazy is like uh, uh, they say old old commercials, but even those commercials from like the 1960s and 50s, like you know, we don't even get like Eminem's commercials. You know, it's all like hot dog commercials uh, sung by children. You know, and that's the popular music. And so what what really kind of sells this movie is they've created a a, a leftist utopia uh, of sorts, but of course it's awful. <laughs> Yeah. No one yeah. would want to live it there. It makes you prefer the chaos. That's it. You know, you look <laughs> under the streets where Dennis Leary and his people have to live because they didn't want to be controlled, and they at least get beer and hamburgers, right? Yeah. They're made yeah. of rats, but at I least they care. have I'll them. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and Stallone takes two bites. He's like, wait, this is made of rat? He's like, sniffs it. He's like, I don't know. Delicious rat, then. And he just keeps Delicious eating the rat. <laughs> like, it's wonderful. Bravo. Like, yeah, it's and so, so good. And, th- it, and that's yeah. what really sells this movie to me is that they, they do a, an amazing job of world building. Now, do yes. I believe in a mere 30 years they could turn Los Angeles from that into that? No, I do I not. I don't know about that. I do yeah. not believe 30 years is long enough to make that drastic a change. But for the sake of the movie, we embrace it. We accept it. And we move on, you know, uh, uh, it's it, it really is something to behold, uh, uh, you know, especially the way they treat police, how we, we're not we're police. We're not trained to deal with violence. <laughs> <We're not situations>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, violence. I don't know if you all noticed this movie invented YouTube tutorials because every policeman has a has an Apple watch that when he gets to the uh, scene of a crime, he has to search a tutorial on how yeah, to police it. Yeah. And, and now, you know, this? when I'm out, when I'm out in the snow and I need to put chains on my car, what do I do? I find a YouTube tutorial on my phone <laughs> and then I learn in five minutes the skill of how to put chains on my tires. Right. Yep. Like that's the world yep. we live in. Demolition man did it first. I was going to say was actually, demolition. Yeah. Demolition man. Unless Drew is going to say it hit 
a few points that aren't so far off. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I the mean, future? we got self-driving electric ch- uh, cars. We got, yep. you know, Zoom meetings, basically. Yep. Uh, we got voice-activated searching in homes. It's like uh, heading to be right on yep. time. Arnold Schwarzenegger in politics. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> the craziest thing to me, is yep. the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, because he was literally... I, I looked this up. He was elected one day off from this movie's 10-year anniversary. What? One what? day off from yep. this movie's 10th anniversary. Uh, he was elected as the wacky. governor of California. Arnold was involved in politics. He was uh, the president of the... Did you not know that Fitness. Arnold was the governor? Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California. Uh, yeah. From like in, 2003 in to 2010? Yeah. What? And he yeah. was popular You did not too. know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah way, everybody. Was so in 10 years when uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson takes the reins of California because it's just gonna happen get over it uh, <laughs> I mean, and Schwarzenegger for the record did not do a good job a lot of the problems we have in the year 2023 can be traced to decisions he made between oh, the years man. of 2003 and 2010 but it's California man we love celebrities what can we say yeah, yeah. we love <laughs> celebrities we do. And the extra layer to that joke too about like the beef that Stallone and Schwarzenegger always had throughout yep. their career. I, I like that too. Beef, How yeah. his character is so distraught that <laughs> Schwarzenegger has a career. Yes. Wait, the so actor because they were ripping off the Back to the Future line, right? That was the whole joke was uh, uh, you know yeah, the Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan, the actor, because that's what yeah. he says. He goes, Arnold Schwarzenegger was president. The actor. And that made me laugh. I also appreciated when another character called Stallone Rambo at one point. Like, a lot of meta in this movie. I was going to say, is Rambo canon to this universe? Because (laughs) that makes makes no sense. They take some liberties. It's a lot of fun. Maybe he is Rambo. He is some... He's jumping out of a helicopter in the beginning, you know? No, he... I mean, look, John Spartan is Rambo. Just say it out loud. John Spartan is Rambo. He is. Uh, He dealt with a lot of stuff in a different place in a different time, and then had a lot of mental issues as a result of the stuff he'd been through you know yeah i mean um, if yeah. you if you pitch that to me as a movie idea without me having seen this like rambo but he goes into the future and everyone is like real you know they got very fragile Weird. mindsets in the future i would love to see that i do and i'm happy what's your real. boggle now what's your is, boggle what's your boggle i wrote it right here it's one of my favorite <laughs> i was waiting a whole a whole movie i'm watching it with my wife last oh. night and she was joking uh, uh uh what was uh oh my gosh how do oh simon phoenix she was joking that if we made a sequel uh simon phoenix would have to have a cousin named bob tucson um which works for me um <laughs> and so but i what i love so many things about this movie but my boggle the whole movie i just kept saying my boggle what do you weigh <laughs> and i just my kept boggle. saying it over and over again because it makes me laugh I mean, there, look, I have this question because me and my wife had a very heated discussion last night. I want to know all three of your opinions. How do oh the shells work? Now, I'll set this up for the people at home uh... who haven't seen the movie. In the bathroom, Stallone tries to go poop, okay? It's, it's off camera. And he says, you're out of toilet paper. They say, well, in this future, we don't use toilet paper. That's primitive. We have three shells, and you use the shells. They never il- il- illustrate how that <laughs> is supposed to work. And nobody really even explains it to Stallone, who then curses a bunch of times to get a bunch of tickets so he can go wipe his butt with them, which is a wonderful <laughs> moment. A chef's kiss to that moment. Now, how do the three of now me and my wife have very different ideas. 
how do you three think the shells work? And then I'll tell you what we think. Maybe at first before they figured out the amount of shells needed, maybe the main question was (laughs) how many licks does it take? to get so what? it started with one shell and you wound up it takes three shells it takes three shells and they just to wipe your ass to wipe your ass <laughs> what maybe they're just really good at rinsing off you just dip them i don't know uh... <laughs> I know Drew is aching to give his input on this. Yeah, Drew, what's your input? <laughs> My only input was that I was thinking there's no way those aren't those are just like regular seashells. Because what the hell would you do with those? Like they, they have to do something, right? They don't seem regular. I mean, the ones we see, they look like they're like, like silver. What if they're each yeah, like they're their own little personal bidet? You know, that's kind of what I was it's thinking. shaped for you. Sure. It's molded. I, yeah, I mean, I can't even. I, can't, I don't even know if I have I feel like there's because... no room for speculation. No, there's at least tons, yeah, because, tons of Tons So here's because, the deal. Here's the deal. Yeah. No, Matthew, do you have more to say on this? The shells? No, I'm I was just going to say they said it, and I just thought, huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, no, look, I'm the, not even going to try to begin to unravel yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I <laughs> writer's can't tip. Even process. For those of you writers out there, The Shells is a perfect example of world building. The oh. Shells tell you everything you need to know about what this society is without ever explaining what this society is. You can explain too much in world building, and you don't need to. Just say it happened and let the people themselves figure it out now. My wife has decided the shells are literally just metal shells and you scrape the poop out with the shells. And I'm like, but I don't think that's how this universe works because you're not allowed to touch each other. They consider like kissing to be gross. Why would you be touching something that's got somebody else's poop on it to your own butt? I don't think that's a thing you do. Oh, wait, no, that wouldn't make sense, though. Right. So my idea, the three <laughs> shells, here's how it has to be. And I want somebody to invent yeah. the shells. Look, if Star he Trek The Next the Generation shells. can invent the <laughs> iPad and Demolition Man can he invent uh, Alexa turning the lights on in your home, I absolutely believe these shells need to happen because our current systems are terrible. The first shell is like a bidet. I agree with Drew. I think it squirts water up there and shoots it out at a high pressure. The, the shell second itself? shell, The shell itself is that. The second, because they must do different things, right? Why would you need three of them otherwise? The second shell uh, shoots air. I think it's supposed to, like, you know, dry you off. And then the third shell is like a suction device that would, like, suck out all of the remaining (laughs) and then trap it deep inside. (laughs) That's what the shells do. You heard it here first. Somebody invented this shit. I, I... Uh, first of all, uh, the, the morality, vulgar statue, whatever. Uh, I'm going to keep doing that joke. Uh, <laughs> I hate your explanation. I hate it, but I can't help but agree. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It I don't see how. Each shell. But I don't see how. I feel like each shell, shell needs to have a function. Tasks. Right. Maybe one is like the seashell, like Ariel's bra. Maybe one is like a conch shell. Maybe each shell has a different function and does different things. If the That's last it. maybe shell one has sucks, a crab in it, who then knows? Don't you gotta like empty the shell. Or something. I don't know. Maybe it compresses it like so much that it only becomes like a tiny grain of sand at the end of it. I don't know. Look at it's magic. Maybe you sci-fi. get a pearl. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you get yeah, a pearl at the end. Pearl. Of it. Maybe you That's get why a pearl. Shells. Like oh, a, I didn't even think like about a clam. that. Poop to pearls. Ew! You Poop wore your pearls. pearl necklace. 
<laughs> made it myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, truly fantastic. And did you guys yeah. appreciate it? Now, I assume uh, you guys have all seen Beetlejuice uh, at this point. Oh, of Am I course. correct? I saw yeah. it in, I saw it yes. in the theater. Did you enjoy the assistant to the main guy being the same assistant to Catherine O'Hara in Beetlejuice? He's I was wondering the where same I knew character. From. He's playing yeah, the exact really. same character in both movies, ah, complete with the same. That. He even faints the exact oh, same way, I believe, in both you're movies. Right. You're and right. And so, I, what an amazing casting job! <laughs> yeah. Take a character that should mean absolutely nothing and make him both memorable and vibrant by casting the guy and just saying, "Hey, what you did in Beetlejuice like seven years ago." Just do that again. Do it again. <laughs> do it again. Run it back. <laughs> I one of the future things I wait, first I want to say the opening shot of the burning Hollywood sign. I love just that. one of my favorite opening yeah. shots. Yeah, I think that is great badass. imagery. Badass. Yeah. Uh, and then another thing I was going to say: the whole cryo prison kind of thing. I feel like that has a lot of uses to it like be like i would want to be locked in there like lock me up for 30 years teach me a new skill and then wake me up from my nap you know i feel like <laughs> or like say i got some like a cancer some horrible disease put me in and wake me up when they find a cure yeah. you know yeah. i feel like this has a lot of uses why are we using it on prisoners i'm a seamstress I made you this sweater yeah, last night. Like Don't know how I know yeah, how to do this, but I do. It's great. What uh, what skill would you want to learn if, if you're locked away? I feel like I maybe would want to be a seamstress because yeah, I what? feel like that's if I could make my own clothes, man, I'd be styling. But I don't want to go through learning that. So I'm if I just seamstress? knew, how, I feel like I'd want to learn something that I like through cryogenics, whatever it is. I'd want to learn something that I wouldn't want to go through in person, like something that I can just learn in my sleep. Yeah, I get that. Like, I, I would maybe want to do like a chef, become like a professional chef, because I don't want to put the time into learning all these exquisite food dishes. But if I can just whip them out, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Hell I'll tell yeah. you right now, I would want to learn a musical instrument. Come out knowing how to play the oh, piano without having cool. to have the, the physical coordination or take the time to learn how to play the piano. I really want to play the piano. I do not want to learn how to play the piano. See, yeah. that's the problem. So if I could learn yeah. a musical instrument, um, that'd be great. It is. I was going to say, I'd learn like like medicine or something. Like oh become a, a doctor, you know? Mr. Smart right, guy, you know, a surgeon at that point. Yeah, like a surgeon that takes so like without having to do all the college and all that, and then or like law degree, like no law. Yeah. I feel like that'd be actually I wonder, useful. I wonder you know? if people had their own views on something like that, though. Like if they got a surgeon and it's like he learned this in his sleep, if they'd be like, oh. I want someone. Who, I mean, all you'd have to do is see me it. patch someone up, and I'd be, I'd be good. Give me a demo uh, but, first. <laughs> well, these were the same people. Like they have robot surgeons now. Oh, if you yeah. had an AI surgeon that was actually going to cut you open, do the thing. I don't think I'm ready for that. I want. I don't want. You don't want to be the first person to yeah. to try that out. Yeah. You want to be the five thousandth person to try that out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, and one of the most unhinged lines that, like, I I might I almost paused the movie because I just had to sit on it for a while. <laughs> was 
Wesley Snipes. Uh, uh, what Phoenix is that? Simon his name? Phoenix. Simon Phoenix. Uh, when he at the very end, going through the pods, and he says, "Jeffrey Dahmer." Yeah. I love that uh, guy. I love that guy. Yep. <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I was mean, like, holy, because we had that conversation this past summer about like that Dahmer show and how controversial it was and all that. And I'm like, this came out two years after Dahmer was caught. I and know. Yikes. Like, and here we are like uh, uh, 30 years since and people are still talking about like, don't bring up Dahmer. Don't talk don't about Dahmer. Dahmer. <laughs> they must. Have what, what do you guys think they were teaching Dahmer in there? I think they were teaching him to be oh, a chef. The amazing <laughs> thing. Definitely culinary yeah. institute for sure. Yeah, it's got to be a culinary making thing. him a veterinarian. There you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be a bad skill. That wouldn't be a bad skill. I but think I, uh, <laughs> that was a line that took me out. <laughs> another unhinged quote by him. I'm not even going to repeat it, but just uh, when he oh, was boy. in, I think it was a mall or something, and he just sees like a Chinese family. The Asian pass. family? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> does the most stereotypical <laughs> Asian impersonation. He does. Just out of left field. You guys, Simon Phoenix is not a good person. Now, he's no, not. he's not. No, he's no, not. No. You know, one That's thing what I, I was thought, thinking. That's what's kind of cool is we, we go to future <laughs> Los Angeles and everybody can speak Spanish. And I thought that was kind of cool that both John Spartan and Simon Phoenix both came out of cryo. We don't know if they knew it going in, but coming out, they could both speak Spanish at, at a fluency level. And I thought that was kind of cool because you pick up a ton of Spanish living in Los Angeles. Yeah, That's learning a language would be cool. Yeah. If yeah. I can come out, yeah, if I can come out being able to read uh, 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 mangas in the original form, that'd be fun, maybe. Did you guys notice some of the cameos, some of the small roles? People in small roles in this movie, because there are a few of them. I mean, you got the main actors. I mean, you guys know Stallone. You know Sandy Bullock. You know uh, Benjamin. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know uh, Dennis Leary. But Benjamin Bratt, who's a pretty famous actor, playing a very – he's so young here. And he's playing a yeah. cop who then turns to joining the underground – and it's just yeah, weird. I thought it was funny. He just joins yeah. the Mad Max rejects. But, uh, the other, there, the are, there are two other cameos slash very early roles in this. Uh, one is the actual one of the people busted out of the cryostasis. The man who actually murders the overseer of the whole thing is Jesse the Body Ventura, um, former governor of Minnesota, professional wrestler, and star of movies like. <laughs> The Predator and The Running Man with Arnold oh. Schwarzenegger. Oh. He is the, he is the, he doesn't, I don't think he says anything. No, he has a couple of lines where they bust out the six cryo uh, criminals, but that is Jesse Ventura, which I saw that I was just giggling outright because I had forgotten he was that guy. <laughs> and when Simon Phoenix figures his way around the Robocop dilemma, where he's just like, I can't kill the overseer. I can't kill him. He just throws his gun to Jesse Ventura. He goes, would you just kill this guy? He's like, yeah, just, yeah boom. And he just blows him away. <laughs> I it's love wonderful. that. Great I moment. love that. Uh, the other one, and, he, and it, there's no way you guys would have caught this, except I saw it in the IMDb uh, uh, cast list, playing one of the underlings in, under the ground, right? Playing just one of the guys. Complete, basically, an extra with yeah. no lines uh, is Jack Black. Oh, really? What? Jack what? Black is one of oh, Dennis Leary's look crew. Back. He looks very, very young, very fresh-faced. And the thing about Jack Black is you don't know, in the early and mid-90s, before he was famous, he made he was, he was got a lot of work, and he made a lot of movies. People don't remember him from movies like Bob Roberts, 
uh, which is uh, the uh, what is it? Uh, Tim uh, Robert, Tim Robbins, uh, Tim Robbins political movie. He plays just like a young Republican, fresh faced intern guy. Uh, in that movie and also his his big role that I, I his holy f movie is the jackal and i don't know if you guys have seen bruce willis's the jackal i'm gonna tell you right now nope. watch it for this movie because the jack black scene will make you go what the f they could what <laughs> oh my god and that's exactly how that movie will make you feel watching it in the year 2023 highly recommend oh and also watch the movie that the jackal it's like a tale of the jackal i forget the jackal with bruce willis is a remake of like a 1960s or 70s kind of uh, uh espionage underground kind of movie also an excellent movie and they and they do different things in both movies if y'all looking for a great comparison a way to compare cinema for two eras and have a holy f jack black moment in there watch those two <laughs> the jackal movies because uh it is i'm just telling you right now it, is, it would be well worth your time and you guys have had a lot to say about it, probably. Love my boy, gotcha. Jack Black. I always like to see... Um, <laughs> I like to see people when they're young versus when they're old. For some reason, it always gives me a feeling. It's like, oh, look at them. So young and happy. Mm-hmm. I just looked at Jack Black, and that's just like, oh, there's little Jack Black. So young and happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he has, like, no lines. He's, like, standing, like, behind Dennis yeah. Leary. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just looked it up, and I'm like, how did I not catch this guy? <laughs> like, There's, that, like that's Jack Black. It's very clearly dog. Jack Black, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. How funny is that? Uh, and the other, the other thing I wanted to mention is in the final action movie, I don't know if you guys saw the John Woo moment or made notice of the John Woo moment because... John Woo got really famous when the movie Hard Boiled hit America, which if you haven't done Hard Boiled for this show, I don't know what you're even doing at this point. Hard Boiled, <laughs> I will do Hard Boiled with you at any time. That movie is phenomenal. We're too busy covering Spaceballs, Ray. It's true. We, we, Look, John Woo, and you all know who John Woo is at this point. Maybe I'm assuming too much right now. Do you know who John Woo is? Yes. No. Yep. Okay. I do. For the people at home who don't know, John Woo was a late 80s, early 90s, and through to today, action movie director from China. Uh, he's Face also, Off. Uh, he made Face Off. He made I Broken Arrow. Off. Hard Target. Uh, he made a couple of very popular movies in, uh, 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 I think he made three, he made a bunch of movies in China, but three really hit in the States. That's A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, and Hard Boiled. Hard Boiled being the third of this series. His movies tended to star Chow Yun-Fat, who uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? He's made a lot of very. He's been. A, he's a big deal out here now. Uh, maybe even with with the kids today, uh, who will at least remember him. Hard Boiled is the single greatest action movie of all time. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The single. Really? I'll say it again. The single greatest action movie ever made is 1992's Hard Boiled. That movie is so good that every movie since then has emulated Hard Boiled. <laughs> okay, and. <laughs> The John Woo moment. John Woo has known for putting a lot of stuff in his movies over and over and over again. And the things you'll see, Christian symbolism, which you see in Face Off when they're like gunning each other down in the church, right? He loves putting flying doves in all of his movies. Oh, yep. Seen that before. Slow motion scenes. He'll put slow motion. Mm, And the big thing is a guy with two guns. And not just a guy with two guns shooting, a guy jumping around a corner like Max freaking Payne in slow oh, motion yeah. <laughs> doing the two guns shooting. You see it in video games, movies. Everyone does this now because of the yeah. movie Hard Boiled. In this movie, which came out one year after Hard Boiled did, John Spartan, when he goes to attack Simon Phoenix in the final climactic scene, is hiding behind a pipe 
with two pistols, then jumps out in slow motion, dives yeah. sideways, and it's the John Woo ripoff moment. One of the first ones I think we have in cinema history. And now, look, if you watch Mission Impossible 2, if you watch yeah. Broken Arrow, Face Off, it's almost like it's it's like a parody at this point because he does the same stuff over and over no matter what the movie is, but it's wonderful. He does it because it's awesome. And and you know, you can't really and if you haven't seen Hard Boiled, which I highly suggest everyone does, you cannot possibly have full appreciation of a movie like Face Off or these other ones that have come after because they're all just simping hard boiled. When was the last <laughs> gotcha. time you watched Hard Boiled? I haven't seen it. And I was thinking about this. I need to see it again. Watching that moment, I literally said last night, I need to just watch Hard Boiled again. I own it on video VHS. <laughs> I own it go. on DVD. VHS. I'm probably going to own it digitally at some point, you know. I thought uh, you, I thought Dean was like, when's the last time you watched Hard Boiled? And you're like, I haven't actually seen it. I never actually <laughs> seen it. No. Uh, this is a movie I discovered when I was in high school, way back in the day. And I watched it nine billion times back in the day. And I, every time I see it in a new medium, I just buy it again because I want John Woo to have all my money. Uh, it's, it's just such a, it, it's not the highest budget movie, but he does so much with what he has. It's a, have you ever seen, a, 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 what's a, El Mariachi? Uh, El Mariachi oh. is the Robert Rodriguez movie. Now, this movie has a higher budget than El Mariachi. El Mariachi was made for zero dollars. Yeah. It is literally he borrowed equipment <laughs> on the weekends and he worked at it like a TV station or somewhere that just had film equipment. And he would just borrow it for the weekends, go off with uh, 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 Antonio Banderas and the rest of them and just shoot this action movie. And he made it over the course of like an extended period of time because he had to essentially steal every shot. He had he didn't pay any actors. He had to make sure the lighting was good, basically naturally. Like this guy just had yeah. to make a movie the hardest way physically possible. And El Mariachi is a brilliant movie. Uh, the movie Desperado was sort of his way I to remake that. El Mariachi with a budget, sort of like Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two. You know, I have a budget no, now. Okay. I'm going to make this movie kind of a better way. Yeah, uh, good. Okay. <laughs> we we learned about uh, El Mariachi in uh, film school, and that was pretty Absolutely. interesting. The story. Um, I was just skimming through hard-boiled, like, the trailer here. Uh, some of the choreography in these scenes are just absolutely nuts. Yes. Like, it it yeah, coins the term gun ballet. That's what they kind of refer to it as. <laughs> gun ballet. I like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I like that. Yeah, you guys tell yeah, me when. Over is... the summer, over the summer, you guys have me back. We will watch hard-boiled, and we're going to just go for it. All right. All right. All right. We'll incredible. Get... Yep. When you uh, replace Dean, hard-boiled. you'll have a movie every month. That's fair. It's a good point. Whoa, Don't even worry about it. Whoa, whoa, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. And to be fair, I was told by uh, my friends at Knowing Us Half the Podcast, by TV's Gina Ippolito and Robert Clark Chan, they said this new movie that just came out from uh, uh, Bollywood, RRR, uh, the uh, very- I do want to cover that. Huge action movie. It's like three hours plus long. It's very long. It is excellent. It is an excellent movie. It is wild. It is fun. It is one of the wildest, goofiest action movies I've ever seen with some of the most wonderful performances and just a creative, amazing movie. They said, this movie is the new greatest action movie of all time. And I watch it. I watch it with an open mind. And at the end of it, I said... Hard Boiled is the greatest action movie of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Ours is top five. Easily. Easily top five. Maybe even top top three. 
RR is one of the best action movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Hard Boiled is better. I'll say. Is it like what you would expect from a Bollywood movie, or does it kind of blow yes. itself out of the water? Yes, it's and yes, batshit. both, <laughs> both. It is. It is. There are scenes there. You're like, this is obviously a Bollywood movie. There okay. are dance numbers. There is also the All most right. over the top fighting scenes. You know, I'll bring up another movie. It's Ricky O. The story of Ricky. Uh, have any of you heard of this movie? <laughs> no, I love the title. I, I might have heard of it. It's a, uh, I want to say it's a, it's a Japanese movie. It's a Japanese action movie. It from like a long, I gotta be from like the early nineties. Maybe I could be getting that wrong, but it is a, it starts out as a very normal action movie. And you're like, okay, it it actually might be from China. I might be completely uh, a horrible person right now, completely getting it wrong, but it's an Asian movie, right? I wouldn't hate you for it. And, um, (laughs) and so it's a movie about a guy who's like getting sent to prison unjustly. And you're like, okay. And it's an action movie. You're like, all right, this is hitting some like tropes, some like Kung Fu tropes. So maybe it is actually from China. Ugh. anyway. Uh, 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 but then there's just starts hitting moments of violence that are so over the top. It's like from the goriest anime you've ever seen. Oh, wow. (laughs) And all of a sudden it goes from just being this normal movie to crazy town. And it does this little slow slide where it starts here and then goes here and then just goes straight up. And you're just like, this is the (laughs) wildest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I want to watch that. That's what (laughs) it is. It is at its core. It is a Kung Fu movie with the most, like there's just one part where just randomly he's just punches a dude in the prison and the upper corner 25% 25% of his head just flies off. Oh, wow. He knocks <laughs> his block off. Yeah. Uh. Like, that's this movie. It is insane. This movie, like, you think it's like, oh, okay, this is tethered to reality. And then at a certain point, two-thirds of the way through, it's like, what am I even watching anymore? This is crazy. <laughs> crazy people made this movie. Anyway, we're talking about Demolition yeah, Man. Demolition which Man. has yeah. its own wonderful over-the-top action sequence at the it very does. end. Because if you remember uh, early on in the movie, Sylvester Stallone, John Spartan, says to Simon Phoenix, I'm going to knock your head off, right? Oh, and yeah. What happens yeah. at the very end of the movie? Knocks his head off. <laughs> he cryos Knocks his block and off. Knocks his head off. And how cool is that shot when he's <laughs> oh, completely so frozen, good. knocks his head off, and then the crystallized blood particles yeah. are like yeah. flying yeah. everywhere. I thought that was really cool. Maybe that was cool. Like Someone 3D who, movie. Whoever pointed the fact out to me from Mythbusters and like freezing and smashing. Oh, that was Caleb. Oh, Caleb. Dang it, Caleb. That's all I think now whenever something like that happens. <laughs> it's not possible. Not possible. Yeah, they... And they, now, uh, and, they ruined it. And in the pro, in the, in the preamble for this show, y'all were talking about VR. How about the VR sequence that we are given in, from the year <laughs> 1993? You want to yeah. talk about getting VR right? There it is. Oh yeah, yeah you're right, dude. Uh, they aren't far off. Sex is crazy in the future. It's kind of like <laughs> VR, are you man. For it, Drew? Seems better. Uh, Seems quite honestly better. Yeah, uh, what, what, listen, is, what is our stance on the, the mental your, sex? If it connects to your neurosuches and whatnot, and it makes it actually seem like it's happening, like genuinely, like you're there, then why should I question it? I just like having the option, though. Yeah, I'm, that's, that's exactly it. I'm for it, but I don't want it to exclusively be the VR yeah. sex. See, well, then you're not going to yeah. live in this uh, lefty future. Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> I, I would survive. Um, no, I think it seems better. It seems a lot less work, um, honestly. <laughs> less exhausting. Less. Yeah, I mean, you know, fine. you come home from a long day, you're just like, babe, yeah. just put the headset just on for a few minutes. <laughs> we got 15 minutes. Let's, you know. We got 15 minutes. You can watch well, an episode of Poker Face afterwards. It seemed like, <laughs> wasn't, um, 
Because at first it seemed like she was already in it and enjoying it. And Stallone is just sitting there like, what the heck's going on? So it seems like if it was like you get home and you're like, babe, just put the headset on. She doesn't have to go through it if she just keeps her eyes open <laughs> oh, or something. Yeah. She so blinks though and she's like, whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's yeah. doing some things for sure. You know. Yeah, he. there's a moment of realization there. I mean, uh, I feel like... We aren't too far away from this because, like, there are things. And you, uh, what is, uh, I'm the lore master of all things sex toys. Um, yes. and that, that's one of my many titles I've, I've had over the years. When have you claimed this title? It, it, I mean, it's been Power Rangers, it's been Sonic, it's been Godzilla, Sonic it's been everything. Also, throw the, sex toys in there. That's the lore master of uh, oh, uh, sex okay. toys. It's I very you're so, like the other category. So, from uh, Power Matthew, Rangers let me ask you: Sonic. What's your opinion on the ovipositor? <laughs> uh, give me one moment. I, I have a <laughs> call coming in. I uh, got a. Yeah, I got That a, is one of the most common things brought up when we when people want to make each other uncomfortable. Is, is this a bug thing? What the hell am I looking at? <laughs> okay, look, nobody needs to know this on the Demolition Man episode of Dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> the ovipositor is something you should look up on your own. After we're done recording, I'll explain it to you guys. Oh, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> look, I didn't know it existed until somebody told me about it, and now I can't stop thinking about it because it will ruin oh. your dreams. Yeah, this ruined my day. This yeah. ruined my day. It will. Uh, I've, and that's I've heard some bad stuff. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but this is uh, yeah. If you're into cockroaches, you're gonna love this thing. So, oh. uh, if you think the oh movie God. Alien is an erotic thriller, this is the device. For I you. I was saying that a few episodes ago. I was saying that movie's a little sexy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know. Well, you are the you are the you are the quartermaster. So. I'm the, the lore master of all things <laughs> sex toys. Um, but I mean, there's this, uh, uh, and we're getting close to this. I feel like we are the, yeah. the men. Cause you got VR porn. You're getting haptic gloves are coming. Yeah. We got, um, like the, what brain is that? Chips on. Neuralink Yo, with brain Neuralink. Chips, maybe we could do people across the world. That's, there is a <laughs> Whoa, thing like so that. Like, Cause there's like a, no internet to... connected a device that you uh, the male puts it on their thing and the girl puts it yeah. in their thing and uh so it's... And Wait, when that, one that guy exists. does something the other thing reacts and that, you could literally exists. be in china that exists yeah, it yeah, exists that's what he's one saying. of our friends yeah, yeah. had that yeah what? yeah and i it's shouldn't also... say his name on the show but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's he must uh... be pretty close to this friend he he needed a ride to the party Oh, uh, gotcha, I don't think gotcha. he uses it anymore. It was like a one relationship thing. Well, I feel bad for him. Uh, <laughs> I don't no think more, he's a lot less work. No more late nights on Omegle. <laughs> That's the wrong place to do but, it. But yeah, it is. I'm, but you guys need just to enhance your calm right now. What I'm trying to say is that Demolition Man <laughs> did, in fact, like create or set us on a path towards a heck of a lot of things that 30 years later are real. We yeah. take them for yeah. granted, right? They and this is what was year. amazing about watching this, you know. Uh, back in 1993, uh, you couldn't just say out loud, turn on the lights and the lights in your house could turn on. You couldn't do that. That was not a thing. Yeah. You know? But now, now it is. Yeah. Now it is. It just, it, not in my house, but it's a thing in many houses. I mean, they yeah. had some good guesses, I mean, for sure. 
And I, I got asked, because we haven't hit this point yet. This movie takes place in, what, 2032? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, something like so, that. So I, I got to ask you guys, who because I assume we haven't gotten there yet, uh, who is going to win the franchise wars? In, in this movie, oh. uh, depending on the version you watch, either yeah, Taco Bell or Pizza Hut wins. I watched the Pizza um, Hut version. Oh, so I watched the Pizza Hut version Wait, as what, well. What are you even talking about so, right now? Apparently, there are two versions like, of the movie. Yeah, what? there I certain the references in some non-American releases were changed to Pizza Hut because Taco yeah. Bell was like pretty much unknown in a lot of countries at that time. Are you serious? And I've never <laughs> even heard of that before. It, it was so weird. weird for me watching it because it's like, okay, I know that they're not saying Pizza Hut. Like that's clearly oh, being dubbed yeah. over. And then wherever there was a Taco Bell logo you could see that there was very poorly, like, a tracked-in Pizza Hut logo. Yeah, I know <laughs> that. That's incredible. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, there, just for a bit. Because, there was really no yeah, even reason. Yeah, like, yeah. Just for a bit. It doesn't even have... Taco Bell could be fictional. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, that's You're wild. Right. I guess the other yeah, countries Taco Bell apparently, Pizza uh, Hut would win. Wow! I no, mean, I have the actual is, version, uh, not the bootlegged version. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, I, I have a I job where I can afford to buy Demolition Man on a whim. I'm sorry. <laughs> I bought it. I bought it for myself. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Cut. Thank you. No, I, I bought it from my it buddy in Korea. You know, I, I borrowed it from my buddy in Korea. Before. That is wild. I love that. That's incredible. I, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> because I think as franchise wars, if they were really to happen, let's face it, would probably be won by uh, Starbucks or uh, Subway, right? Those are the two. Oh, I was going to say Subway. Win. I was going to say McDonald's. I think McDonald's, McDonald's is taking the case. I think McDonald's has a chance. McDonald's, I mean, look, <sighs> McDonald's didn't even happen in Demolition Man, so I don't even know what to tell you. Like, they were true. part of it. like Because Starbucks and Subway weren't really a big deal back in 1993 the way they are now. Um, I feel like I want to it, but it's an it's a very off putting one. I want to say kind of In and Out because I never met oh, someone boy. who's gone to an In and Out and disliked it. But the only thing is, In and Out's only in the South. I think In and Out is pretty mid. It's a it's a bit overrated. Yeah, you, you say yeah. South. It is Southwest. It is a Los Angeles based chain. Yeah, uh, that tends to stay here, Nevada, Arizona. Right. That's the that's the zone. Hmm. Yeah, I've never had in and out. I'm uh There's one right down the you're not from my missing house out. I like you're raising canes. Out too much. You ever been That's to Raising Canes? You know, true? if it's what I want to win, I want like Panda Express. That's oh, delicious. Okay, okay. Have you been yeah. to Raising Canes? I, mean, I haven't I've been never to Raising, been to raising canes. canes. I like a Beijing beef, you know. Raising canes <laughs> yeah, is there pretty you good. Go. Raising canes is like they specialize in chicken strips. Okay. So they okay, got all they right. got great oh, sauces I and like they got great chicken strips. I've been to Jack in the Box. Gross. I've never been there. I'm missing <laughs> There's a Jack in the Box also right down the street from my house here. Uh, it's not very far. Pretty, pretty decent chicken. Do you pretty get toys decent. with your meal? It's fine. I th- uh, yeah, I think you do if you're a kid. Yeah. I don't I even know. Jack in the Box is giving away things like uh, little antenna poppers of the Jack in the Box mascot head. Like, yeah. Oh, that's antenna cool. Poppers. I like that. Like, that's the kind of stuff they give away, you know. I'd take I like one. That. Oh, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. I don't see them anymore, but a... back when I first moved to LA, I saw them everywhere. So they must oh, not have man. done that for a long time. <laughs> Limited time. Yeah. They lost the franchise. There's only so They're many out. antennas. Antennas. They're really, that's the problem is, yeah. you know, if they actually do it, you know, somebody like freaking Rallies is going to win, though, or Sonic Burger, you know, something like uh, that. That's, that's who don't... actually wins the franchise wars. They probably don't do the antenna thing anymore because I don't think they make cars with like that classic antenna anymore. You might be right. 
I think cars yeah, just have not that. too much. It's little, too funny. It's like pink right. with the, the car now. It's, yeah, it's not that nub. I don't see the Jack in the Box thing. I just don't see antennas and never yeah. put the connection together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's just no more antennas. Well, that's wild. <laughs> um, I found it uh, interesting since we talked about aliens so recently, and uh, me and Caleb, we were talking about how much we love that like retro futurism aesthetic. I think this movie definitely carries that too. I yep. think uh, Caleb's going to like this one as well. Yeah. I love that yeah, when you go to it. Sandy yeah. Bullock's apartment and she's got the Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers album poster, Lethal Weapon 3 movie poster, <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, Lethal uh, Weapon and 3. I don't know. It's very small and it's to the left of just one scene, but she has action figures of 1989, Batman, Joker, and the Batmobile oh. on her shelf. She has That's all sweet. those things. She yeah, I would, I would totally incredible. live in her apartment. Have you yeah. seen Lethal Weapon, Matt? Or Drew? No, uh, no, I have not. Ah, okay, no. okay. But um, I, I want to talk about Sandra Bullock because you you said in your initial thoughts, Ray, that this movie uh, like put her on the map, it made her star, did. introduced her. Yep. I don't like her in this movie. Uh, I don't think she's a good actress. Uh, okay, fantastic. She's the main I, girl, right? I was yeah. gonna say yeah, yeah, yeah. the one I girl in the like... movie. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I feel like it's not great acting from her in my opinion, but no, she's that doesn't mean that future. I don't like it. I Y'all, still love she's it. She's just gonna... from the sensitive future. That's all. It yeah, is. I that that's part of like what I was kind of trying to reason with too. I was like, you know, I understand the part she's playing. That's it is deal. very like corned up for sure, and I like it for that reason. But I, I'm still I not will... sure it's great. I will respectfully disagree. Like she's playing a character who's, this is what's amazing about her in this movie is we've seen what she does in other movies, right? We've seen her do gritty. We've seen her be spunky and fun. She's just different in this movie and she's different because she has to be. She was born and raised in this crazy, crazy universe with a longing for the era, the bygone era of the 1990s. Uh, Some of us still are that way um, that she's never experienced. (laughs) She's only ever lived in the sheltered, nobody touches each other, nobody swears, nobody eats good food world. And so she's crazy. Like, she's a little crazy. She's learned how to, she's watched Jackie Chan movies to learn (laughs) violence because you aren't taught that anywhere else. You know, and I'm surprised so she, they didn't outlaw those movies. It, uh, you know what? I think she's been bootlegging. That's true. Them. That's they're very violent. Bootlegging. Underground. She goes to Dennis Leary's Underground to pick up these uh, VHS tapes, right? <laughs> she watches the Pizza Hut versions. I mean, that's, that's right. the equivalent of what you were saying earlier of like, I can talk on a podcast. I can't rap. I could watch a million <laughs> Jackie Chan movies. I could not <laughs> do that. Well, you know, she did a lot of physical training, obviously, because obviously they don't teach you how to fight to be a cop in this future. Yeah, yeah. they don't handle violence. They cannot they handle violence. Anything. Anyway, they have stun rods and they hope that just seeing a stun rod makes you quit because they can't do anything (laughs) beyond that right and it's fantastic so when simon phoenix busts out and starts murder death killing all over the place (laughs) they didn't even know what code 187 is because of snoop dogg's rap career everybody in the year 2023 (laughs) knows what the 187 police code is but these actual police officers had no idea because it didn't happen and in that i say her character is corny her character is sheltered and weird, and I thought yeah. she brought it in this movie. I thought she perfectly encapsulated exactly what she needed to do. So while it's silly, yes, it is a very silly character, but she gives it this authenticity. I believe her 
when she says the things she says in this movie, no matter how ridiculous they are. So I will respectfully yeah, disagree I, with that. I mean, she I does think... have some of my favorite lines, like, let's lick his ass, let's or lick his ass. Uh, <laughs> let's blow this guy. Let's blow this guy. Are you kidding me? Unabashedly, she turns and <laughs> says, let's guy. blow this guy. And just, <laughs> that's a laugh out loud moment. That's incredible. That is. I, I think looking great. at, like, her other acting performances, it's like, yeah, I can, I can tell that she definitely was just acting this part. But if I were to have just seen this movie and seen her performance in this, I would probably think she's a not so great actor. Oh no, she blew our minds. We love her. Despite her corniness, man, I I would say yes because, like at the altar, I'd say yes because she <laughs> she does she does look out for him for yes. a good point. She like she, she designs his whole room how she thought it would be for him to be the most comfortable. Yes. Although there's still the she seashells. I love seashells. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, she's crazy. She's legit insane, but that just points out she's a normal person in this world, kind of, and she's insane. So that's yeah. telling you what you need to know about the rest of this world. Everybody's, and also, can I point out, for the record, I love the fashion in this movie. I wish we all just dressed in these drapes that everybody's just walking around oh, in. Yes. Oh, my God, that looks so you amazing. You look like a couch. Yeah, everybody is dressed like your grandma's house, but in a comfortable way. In a, it's like Old Navy. Old Navy does your grandma's house. That's what they're wearing, and it's incredible. I, I love the scene where uh, uh, Phoenix is walking around the museum, and he's such, like, sticks out like a sore thumb yeah, around yeah. everyone else. Because he's got, like, these, like, football pads on they're like spiky and he's got the dyed hair and stuff forgetting, like when they thumb on put him but give him his clothes back he's wearing an orange uh, sleeves cut off t-shirt over oshkosh bagosh overalls jean overalls <laughs> he's walking around this, this this leftist future like an extra from kid and play's house party movie it's incredible yeah. it's incredible this i love this movie I, I love all the little like cheesy one-liners too. Like I love every time he's like Simon says die. Oh yeah. <laughs> or yeah. or, or there's like... a when uh, Stallone at one point he's like you're on TV and he smacks him with a TV. <laughs> oh, just drills him with it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I like um well when he's going through the museum and he's getting all of his guns, the future gun the gun from the future is a real gun, but at the time the movie was made, it's it was just very experimental, and it actually oh, never funny. it never actually went into being a fully used service weapon. I think maybe it maybe it just had issues from testing, well, but it, it takes two point six minutes to 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 yeah. warm up. That's not great on a battlefield. Wow. No, it's not. <laughs> the gun yeah. was a G eleven, and I, I I do think it shot bullets though, so that's a little different. Interesting, but um. What it, it was probably a modded G11 the, to, because it, it's supposed to have this future appeal. And obviously it shoots like lasers. Yeah, the yeah. American military was experimenting with the weapon. It was supposed to be a gun that had no recoil. And essentially the barrel itself would take all the recoil Wild. instead of it hitting your shoulder. But I think with reloading and such, it got very complicated. So it never know that. that's made it past. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I like that all the guns apparently in the world are in this museum that's right and they're all and... loaded they're all loaded and ready yeah, to go. All loaded. Yeah. this <laughs> my wife pointed that this out i was watching it it's like you to just 
It's one thing to go to the museum to see it, but then to know they're all loaded, safety's <laughs> off, ready to go. My wife yeah. pointed that out to me. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. That's incredible. That's incredible. They have a lot of trust yeah, in the people. When they're chasing him out of the museum, uh, Phoenix like jumps over a bush and the cops just stop chasing him. He's like, they gone. just stop yeah. and start yeah. talking to each other. There's so many points in this movie to where it's almost like a parody of itself uh-huh. that it just asks the audience to just go with it. Don't yeah. think. Like and I, I do like that. Oh, because I do every too. time I watch every time I watch a movie like this, I always just wanna watch more. Like, yeah, give me yeah. more Stallone no, action. I, I was stuff. watching this and I, you know, I took a quick bathroom break. I paused it and I was kind of disappointed because I was already like two thirds of the way through. And I was like, I, I wish there was more to this. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's fun. I think it's I, that I world building too. Like, I really do love this like retro future that they got going on. Yeah, did this get anything else? Like, uh, like I don't know, comics or anything? No, this feels like it's knowledge. ripe for something. Yeah, yeah it feels it, like it needs more to this world. That the thing we're is, they like created a world built this something. amazing world, but then they kind of destroyed it at the end of the movie. So yeah, where else do you go with it, bit. you know? You'd have to do just, Tales of the true. Demolition Man or something. Because it's just like, there's just only so much. Stallone only exists in this world for like two days. And then yeah. this entire world comes crashing down, right? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. this world, even if, like, Stallone never stepped in, it seemed very unstable because what did ultimately collapse and was just the guy running it, who's already huh. old, oh, weird. just died. It's almost like that happens in all fascist regimes or something like that. Oh, huh. man. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, that that <laughs> dude, I think his name's Raymond. I'm Great I'm name. giving him my dunce because uh, why did he think oh, that yeah. he could release like a maniacal terrorist and get away with it? I he, don't know. He well, here's the deal. The original plan is fine. He needs Edgar Friendly to go away, Dennis Leary, so that yeah. way they'd stop that he's the leader of the underground forces that would take forever to get a new leader. They're probably gonna faction and splinter off because when you cut the head off the snake, a- X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And his plan is we're gonna we're gonna Simon Phoenix is gonna get every like he learns like terrorism, he learns how to kill people, he learns how to <laughs> operate vehicles, he learns how to hack all the computers in this world, he learns everything in his cryosleep quickly. And then he lets him out with the thing is he's got a mental chip in him that says he cannot do harm to me. So he's like, we're good. It's like the head of a OCP (laughs) and Robocop. He's like, we're good. We got this. And the part that is Simon Phoenix, unfortunately is so smart and he's so like good at what he does probably initially. Yes. But also because of all this training that he gave him, the guy's hubris got, you know, the, the main leader guy, his hubris Raymond got ahead of him because as soon as Simon Phoenix, like I need to bust some friends out if I'm going to go get him. He got so focused on the end goal, he forgot to consider that Simon Phoenix is a terrible person who will do terrible <laughs> things to him. Simon Phoenix spends the entire movie trying to murder him. Yeah. Right? There's multiple scenes where he's yeah. trying to just shoot him and he can't do it. Like, you have to understand this very intelligent, very sadistic psycho killer is going to murder you the second chance. Yeah. The second he has a chance. So as soon as he busted out those six people, he signed his own death certificate. Yeah, he really he, did. He did not consider to give those six people that same... Uh, 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 programming, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. I I think this movie doesn't work without Wesley Snipes. Agreed. There's someone, at, at least someone committing that much energy because yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like without just that, it could become just a very bland, like, yeah. back-of-the-shelf blockbuster action movie. No, but I need, think because he's such a good foil to yeah. John Spartan, 
that it just it elevates it. Like I, every scene where they interact, mm-hmm. I'm just like, hell yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Is, no, he, he is one of the driving factors of this film for sure. You know, you yeah. look at, you look at what mean, he's my MVP. Uh, yeah, uh, he is Give the him. MVP as we look because you <laughs> I have don't this. Blame you, John Spartan yeah. is a humorless action hero. You know, styled out of these '80s Stallone movies, right? He's not. He's there to do one-liners and beat people's asses, and he doesn't have time for your BS around it, right? And then Simon yep. Phoenix is just an absolute over-the-top. As you, I think I love that you said at the beginning. He is the Joker. He is the Joker in the body yeah. of of yeah. Wesley Snipes. You know, and, yeah. and you look at what yeah. Wesley Snipes did around this movie, right? Because he hadn't done Blade yet, but he got real famous for movies like a uh, uh, New Jack City and White Men Can't Jump, right? So these yeah. are the kind of yep. uh, this is kind of where he's at in his stardom. It's just starting to raise up around 1993, and he made a ton of movies or in the early 90s. You know, he had just done Jungle Fever, uh, Mo Better Blues, so he was known for doing Spike uh, Spike Lee joints, right? Spike Lee movies, yep. and also in 1989, uh, Major League, he played Willie Mays Hayes. So he kind of had that trash talking character around him. Uh, assuming you guys know Major League, I shouldn't. Uh, for any, re- there's no reason you would necessarily know Major League. <laughs> But he is a trash-talking, stolen base, you know, uh, kind of uh, uh, baseball player in this movie. So he's kind of got this sort of thing where he plays like serious Spike Lee, sort of like crime bosses and very serious underworld yep. leaders. But he also has this side for Major League where he's this trash-talking crazy person, right? You put those two characters together, as the right person at the right time, you get Simon Phoenix going nuts in this movie. <laughs> and then, you know, eventually, you know, he would go on to what passenger 57, uh, actually came out the exact, uh, one year passenger 57 came out one year before demolition, man. So, you know, he's just starting to get that action hero vibe. So you, what you do, you flip the script, you make him the villain brilliance ensues. He's great. Yeah. 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 It works. It works. I would say uh, um, Simon is yeah. also my MVP because maybe at first I was thinking, um, uh, whatever is his name, uh, Johnny, whatever, uh, John Spartan, John Spartan. Spartan. Yeah. Um, I would think him at first because he's just the guy who's like, why are you standing around? Let's just go kill him or something like that. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, Simon does know the computers and such. And if you did have him on his team, he's probably a better player because in the end, he still outsmarted John Spartan every step of the way. Yeah. So every, yeah. he was always one step ahead, but that's and, the thing is his hubris that... got his hubris, his hubris, just like Raymond, the, the overseer, his personal hubris. Cause he, he had him trapped in the arm at the end of the movie when he had a machine gun, he could have just moved the yeah. arm in front of him and blew him away, but he's having yeah. too much bleeping uh, target practice, too yeah. much fun. And it cost I, him. I was going to, I was going <laughs> to point out like, these characters have aim in this movie that would make a stormtrooper blush. Okay, like yeah. I'm glad you mentioned. There that. are so many points where I'm just like, like, how are you missing this? Yeah, <laughs> like, how are you missing? The classic moment is when he busts out the cryo criminals. They're on an, they're on a, a a walkway overlooking Dennis Leary and John Spartan and all the people in one yeah. place. They are maybe. 20 yards away from them at most, maybe not even that far. They are within 50 feet of these people with the high ground, six of them, seven of them with automatic weapons and the (laughs) element of surprise. And they miss every single shot. I think doesn't maybe Benjamin Bratt takes one bullet and that's it. I that is inexcusable. Simon Phoenix, you are trained better than that. (laughs) Yeah. That's outrageous. It is. It is truly, that is the, uh, that is the action movie moment 
That is the Pulp Fiction uh, guy comes out and does all the shots at John Travolta and uh, Samuel L. Jackson and misses every single one of them. That's that yeah. moment in this. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's the moment I was thinking of was uh, after that, or I guess it's in the underground fight. Uh, and there's a point where Phoenix is climbing a ladder and he can't like he, he's climbing oh, a ladder. Right. He's preoccupied. Yeah. Yeah. And John Spartan is just blasting up at him and not hitting anything. <laughs> anything even close. <laughs> it's just like, he's not a good shot. Like, and he's like, I don't know, 20 feet away, 15 feet. Uh, yeah. Well, you have to understand that in real life though, nobody is actually a very, very good shot. Uh, it was seen trained police officers uh, at, in, in a normal firearm situation. What would you expect their hit ratio to be uh, uh, just on average uh, and this is within, I believe, 20 feet of their person they're shooting at in a real world experience. Do you, what would be your guess as to that number? Because mm. I actually heard this like, see, not that long ago. See, Ray, this is any police officer, though. This That's is fair. the demolition man. You're, no, you're yeah. right. But here's the deal. He is still a police officer at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. So he might yeah. help. Uh, I don't know. Up. Let's what say... do you think that percentage is? 20 you feet say 20 away feet? from somebody with a normal firearm taking shots in a normal situation, what is the hit percentage? I mean, once somebody picks up a firearm and actually tries to shoot it, you do realize it does take more skill. <laughs> you aren't just going to hit the nail right on the head at first because the recoil kind of knocks you out. But if, these aren't um, just anybody. These are trained police they officers. They are trained police officers. I'm going to say probably, I'm gonna say 50. Oh, I was going to say, say 35. I'll say... I'll still roll at 50. 28%, wow. ladies and gentlemen. 28%. Really? Oh, Drew wins. And that's Dang. honestly skewed high. That's reported. <laughs> and that's the thing crazy. you might keep in mind yeah. is, you know, uh, some people may have experienced this. Some police officers will lie to make themselves look better. I don't yeah. know if I'm blowing anybody's minds right now, but 28% <laughs> is the reported, which means it's probably yeah. not even that. Whew. But like they just want to shoot guns. <laughs> how many bullets are shot in this movie? A lot. I oh, would guess so a lot less than twenty-eight percent hit anything. Oh no, it's maybe one percent. Two percent. I was yeah, gonna 1%. say with how many bullets were shot. You know what? Simon they... Phoenix at the very end takes an M16 to all the people who helped in the cryo chamber, and he does whack them all. So he does skew his percentage upwards oh, a little bit there true. at the end. Just a little bit. Maybe it gets to 5%. I'll give him credit. Credit I, where credit's due. With how many bullets have been shot, I just can't believe that from what he got from the museum had that many bullets. Sure. All locked and loaded, ready to yeah. go in the case. <laughs> yeah. I, can never, I can never unthink that when it was put in my head. It's like, why is every gun here ready for murder immediately? Yeah. That's ready insane. for MDK. MDK. Yeah, everything's ready. <laughs> Look, I worked on the a game. The cannon was worked, loaded. I, the cannon was loaded. Oh, my God. <laughs> I worked on a game was... called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And hey. right outside my office, we had the wall of guns. And they actually have a real wall with uh, not real guns, mind you. These are just uh, uh, lookalikes. Like airsoft or something? Uh, well, you know, these are representational guns of all the guns found in Call of Duty. A giant wall okay, with yeah. absolutely every firearm in the game. So if the, the designers, the devs, if they wanted to, could walk over, pick it up, feel the heft feel what it looks like and get a feel Ooh. for what the gun is and and play around with it uh, whenever they wanted to right that is just a normal thing that was in that office right i don't think i'm spoiling anything sweet here. and yeah it was kind of cool you know you're not supposed to play with them they're really not to be yeah. played with but anyway uh, <laughs> things happen my point i'm trying to make is is that 
those in, in the museum, the guns laid out there were laid out considerably easier and more of them than the actual Call of Duty Modern Warfare wall uh, that I have seen personally. <laughs> there are more Damn. guns there. And all those guns are ready to go, and they're all basically touching each other. Like it's insane yeah. the amount of guns. That's I was going to say, <laughs> that I was going to say it'd be it. over if Phoenix got to the Call of Duty offices, but no, he was better oh. off at the museum. No, yeah. We we did not keep loaded oh. guns in the studio. They Thank definitely <laughs> do not have Call of Duty in this world. They are sure no. he can't. Oh get no, past. no, no shot. They are sure he can't get past the like glass wall to the guns, and he just like picks up a guy and throws <laughs> him <laughs> through <laughs> it. <laughs> How much do you weigh? My boggle. Do you Let's weigh? see. Uh, I, I'm just thinking because I assume 2010 seems to be the year that they say everything uh, kind of flipped. To okay. this new, yep, that's fair. That's when that earthquake the, happened, I think. Yeah, so I'm looking up like what was the 2010 Call of Duty, and it's Black Ops One. That's the last Call of Duty hey, these people got. Black Ops uh, One has the G11. It's not a bad well, experiment. At, at least they went out on a bang, you know. <laughs> at least they went. That's fair. a great game. It's a great game. Great game. <laughs> Took them down. <laughs> and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Well, Ray, you won the Rotten Tomatoes game, so you get to give your final thoughts and rating on Demolition Man first. Oh, Demolition Man is is one of our modern classics. And it's not even modern at this point, though. It's a 30-year-old movie, dear Lord. Uh, and it's really a movie that uh, set the stage for so much of this world as we've come to know. Like, to me, this is the sci-fi movie of a certain generation that I grew up in. Uh, and it really did kind of tell a story that got us to where we are today. The uh, acting in it, I think, is is fun. Very, very fun. I think the characters are absolutely over the top. The world building is next level. Most movies don't do this good in world building and create yeah, an I entire agree. society that you can like see actually as real and put things like the shells in there, the Taco Bells. Those are things that don't need to be in this movie, but really like enhance the experience of watching it. Uh, the story is timeless. You know, uh, you know, we've seen this story a million times. Maybe not exactly like this, but you know, we had to get the 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 the, the cop out of prison to go fight down the guy that only he could get. It's almost the exact same plot as two years later, uh, Virtuosity, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's the same story basically as Virtuosity and countless other westerns and other movies of its kind. Uh, the action in it is awesome. That you get Dennis Leary. This is a ten out of ten. Uh, this is one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. Now, do I put it wow. maybe a 9.9? Because, look, RoboCop is a 10. There's other okay. sci-fi <laughs> movies. I'd say Alien, probably a 10. This is this yeah, isn't is. on that level. <laughs> Slight under that. So I'm going to go 9.9 as my final okay, score. Okay. Excellent, excellent movie. Uh, Hell yeah. They don't make it like this anymore. They don't. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> uh, Drew, your uh, final thoughts of rating? Oh, man, I'm so, like, on the edge as to whether or not I think this is, like, a good movie or if it's just a movie <laughs> that I really, really connected with. But, like, you know, I'm holding it really high up there, like, right alongside some of my fan favorites, like uh, Killer Clowns. I'm holding it up that high. This is, like, peak cinema to me. I loved all the corniness <laughs> to it. Love that, like, retro-futuristic aesthetic. The cinematography is great. Uh, loved Stallone in this. I'm not, mm -hmm. like, a huge Stallone fan, but he was fantastic in this. Um, God, scoring this is hard, but I think I'm going to give it an 8.5. 
Nice. It's fair. Nice. I, I agree with you. Scoring this movie is incredibly <laughs> difficult, but I'll save it for my final thoughts. Uh, Dean, your final thoughts and rating on Demolition Man. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I feel like I was surprised to enjoy it, but I don't think I was expecting it. Maybe I was expecting it to be bad, but that's purely just from the age. So I was pleasantly surprised. It's it kind of nails some predictions right on the head and in some area, some other areas it's getting close to there. So that was impressive. They picked a good year. The world building is great. Um, it can be corny, but I do just think that's the world they're in. So maybe it just gets a pass for that. Um, comparing it to like other movies I've done on, I've reviewed on the show. I don't know if it's quite as high, but I think, I would, uh, I think I'd settle around a 7.4 for me. And I'm also convinced, um, based on the rumor I heard about Stallone in a previous episode, <laughs> what if his confusion with the seashells just angered him to resorting to waffles stopping it down the drain, you know? Oh, he ain't gonna yeah. deal with Maybe those seashells. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's, that's yeah. one of the... That's one of the reasons I don't really like Stallone. Is that alone? It's a rumor, though. We don't know for sure. I <laughs> uh, don't hate the guy. It's a rumor, a rumor by a lot of people, but <laughs> <laughs> nice source. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my cousin. Uh, uh, in my final thoughts of rating on Demolition Man. Yeah, this was one I was very pleasantly surprised by. I could see myself watching it again. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it, and it made me want to watch more movies like it, which is always a good sign. Uh, but it is, like I said, incredibly cheesy to the point <laughs> where it feels like self-parody at points. Yeah. And I do... So that's why it's so difficult, because it's like, it's not an alien for me, you know? Maybe on an enjoyment scale, but, like, just the way it's crafted, I do have some issues with it, so... I like I could see this changing a day from now, but I'm giving it for now a seven out of ten. Wow. All, right, all right, all right. I mean, Not here's bad. the deal, and this is the thing: nobody here is wrong. That's the most amazing thing about Demolition Man. <laughs> you could rate it nearly anything, and I'd go, "Yeah, I could see that." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Ray, thank you so much for bringing us Demolition Man. Yeah, thank good you. Time. I, no, the, I fact, enjoyed uh, it. the fact that you three had never seen it before means we had to change that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, where can the people find you, everything you're doing online, all your great projects? You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. You can check out my various shows. Uh, obviously, Reclaim Detroit, as we talked about. Listen to Dean get thrown. Uh, not get thrown. He gets beat up uh, because get Alexander feels like being a dick tonight. Uh, it's pretty fun. <laughs> pretty fun moment. Uh, uh, really good stuff there. So you can go to vampiredetroit.com or just find Reclaim Detroit, a vampire, the masquerade audio drama. Just type that in or Reclaim Detroit should get you there wherever you podcast. But otherwise, just go to Vampire Detroit, either at Vampire Detroit on Twitter or vampiredetroit.com. You can listen to the episodes right on the website if you wanted to. I mean, I try to make it easy for everybody involved. Uh, Who Would Win Show, uh, you know, wonderful program. Uh, Matthew Dawson just appeared fighting Samurai Jack uh, and they they had a, a draw, a, a, a conscious draw. Which is very interesting. A great, uh, a right great there. battle, by the way. Yeah, and so you can go to at Who Would Win Show on uh, right. Twitter or find us. Just type in Who Would Win Show. We're the biggest one that comes up. There are other Who Would Win shows, but they are not like the one that I am a part of. 
Uh, and if you're not part of that world, you probably should be. That's the number one show that I'm doing right now. Otherwise, knowing is half the podcast, the G.I. Joe recap show. We watched every single episode of G.I. Joe, the cartoon show. Mix it in with other cartoons of the 80s and 90s because as animation goes, those are two decades worth study because, wow, crazy town. That is a <laughs> wild west yeah. of cartoons. And we watch all the really terrible ones, so you don't have to, but probably should anyway. Uh, so you can check that out on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast or look up Knowing It's Half the Podcast wherever you podcast. That's my that's nice. My and if you want to hear Ray get beat up a bunch, you can listen to him as Batman <laughs> in Justice League Mortal. That's right. You should also listen to that thing. How could I forget? There it is. That's Sci-Fi Month. Uh, we're done. Woo-hoo. I like Good Sci-Fi. Uh, and now we're ready for a month that I don't like. Uh, this is a month I've been dreading. I'm, I'm fine, <laughs> I think. For a long time, because we are doing three hour plus month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Great time the to only... watch RRR. Great time to watch RRR. Yeah, I did hey. think about that, but uh, wow. it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, okay, so yeah, three hour plus month. The only criteria is the movie has to be at least three hours minimum. God. And you know what? I, I've been thinking about it, and uh you know, we got Justice League Mortal coming around. And by the time this episode airs, all four episodes will be out. Next, this upcoming Friday, the ultimate cut will come out. And then if the following Monday, we cover Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. We talk about the Justice wow. League movie that actually did come out. Shh, so cool. Sheesh. And to be We're fair, going RRR, all in. I'll say right now, RRR, I just looked it up. Three minutes or three hours, seven minutes long. So it, it fits if you want it. I'm just saying. I'll wow. keep it in mind. <laughs> keep it in mind for Tina True. But yeah, Zack Snyder's Justice League next week. Uh, that's my pick. Wait, uh, wait. And, and what I was saying, I think this will be a cool kind of how Ray was saying with uh, the way the perspectives are with Demolition Man, because I have seen both cuts of Justice League already. Drew, I believe, has only seen the theatrical cut, and Dean, I don't believe, has seen either. So, Wait, I think... yeah, what do you do? We did you say the movie? Yeah, yeah. Zack Snyder's well, Justice. You, you pranced right over the title. I didn't catch it. I kept saying it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, it'll be interesting. Yeah, so uh, that's my pick. Drew, where can the people find you and all the good things you're doing online? Oh, Naughty Bear Freak is the name. Check me out on YouTube and check me out on Twitch, streaming games, playing games. Is it a specific nice. version of Justice League we're watching? Zack Snyder's Justice League. Does, is that its own version? There, there's one yes. called Justice, yes. Justice League 2? The Zack Snyder cut. No, it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. You'll know it because it's the one that's four hours long. <laughs> okay. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't I wait for four hours of superheroes. The Snyder cut. There you go. It's rough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you got vetoes. You don't like it. Say the word. No. Uh, <laughs> Dean, where can the people find you and all the good things you're doing online? Um, Instagram, Dean Calkins, all in word, lowercase. Uh, check it out. Nice. Trying and people speedy. can find me on. Tw- oh, oh, nice. Uh, and you can hear me on, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at hopper2400 and my personal youtube channel pure fission and of course don't forget to join the club subscribe wherever you get your podcast hit that bell notification so you can be notified when new episodes drop every single monday also we have merch go to redbubble.com 
hit our uh, find our shop dial a movie club and uh, you can have all of our amazing options. We are on Twitter at club dial dial up movie club on all other social media platforms. And don't forget to watch Zack Snyder's justice league for next week's episode. Yay. Thank you for so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the dial up movie club. And remember somebody put me back in the fridge. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.